Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Alan Moore and you are listening to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. For the next two hours, folks, get ready for Mainland Europe's very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. We are the best. So listen, we have got so much to pack in tonight. We're going to start with an update from Penerbahce's home ground, the Saracoglu in Istanbul, where Russia are about to kick off the second half fairly shortly with Turkey in a must-win UEFA Nations League game. National League. I keep calling it National League, but it is the Nations League. Okay. Now we're going to have Andrew Flint. He's going to be on the line in just one moment to tell us about how the first First half went and the score at half time. Okay, in part two, Andy Mack is back and he's going to give us a look around the Nations League, all the big matches around Europe this past week and also to look ahead and he'll also further look ahead to next weekend's big games in the English Premier League. In part three... Our legal easel, our legal eagle easel, Cody is top of the third with the three best women's sports stories this week, and then Alex B is joining from Canada to give us an NFL rundown. In the fourth, Easel and Andrew Flint, they are going to be joined by a special guest to talk about something very, very serious. At the the the, the well, the foursome is now a threesome, and we're going to talk about head injuries, concussions, and some very frightening uh, statistics related to all of that. In the fifth segment, we have a massive interview with the senior editor of Goal.com, Peter Staunton, a great friend of the show. He is on to tell us what the Goal 50 winners, or who the Goal 50 winners are, because of course it was announced this past week. The very best 25 male and 25 female footballers in the world, as voted by the biggest and best sports news site in the world. The sports, uh, well, not just Football, sport in general. They are the very, very best. Okay. And, of course, in the sixth segment, we have the big, fat, filthy quiz. Now, folks, um, Turkey and Russia. Okay, a big showdown. Uh, we know that Artem Juba was kicked off the team. Russia played midweek against Moldova in a kind of a snore fest. But just how is it going down in Istanbul? Andrew Flint, you've been following it uh, for us uh, so far. Second half about to kick off in a couple of minutes. What is the score and do Russia have a chance? Well, I'll start with the last part first, and no, Russia don't, unfortunately. I did say last week I was very worried about it. It's 2-1 to the hosts at the moment. Uh, Russia started very brightly. Uh, they started with a slightly unusual three-at-the-back system, uh, but it paid off brilliantly because they took the lead after 11 minutes. Um, and it actually, the goal represented exactly what Chichesov was trying to do. He had Alexei Melanchuk allowing him to drift out wide. He took a marker, made space. Kuzayev burst into the space, cut it back, and there was Chedeshev um, with a first-time finish. Looked really good, high pressure, and Turkey looked a little bit um, flustered. But then Andrei Semyonov, uh, he pulled down the Turkish striker when he was thrown goal, sent off two minutes later. Turkey score with a near-post header, and um, a few minutes after that, Cengiz Under, the Leicester City stri- um, a winger, so curled in a really good finish. Um, to make it 2-1 and ever since then Russia have been on the back foot um, Now I mean I, the goal that Russia scored was very well taken and it was the kind of the perfect goal where it was yeah. brought to the end line and pulled back at an angle which I always say that is you, oh. you're guaranteed goals and now uh, Russia I think have equalised 
Oh no, they didn't. They had a shot uh, goal no, and it's very, gone for a corner. Very, very near. Corner. Strong goal corner okay. right now, yeah. So 30 seconds into the second half and the keeper had to make it. Well, it was a fairly easy save in the end. The, the ball was played straight on him, but it doesn't matter. A shot on target is a shot on target for Russia right now and they need <laughs> to do more of that. Um, listen, um, are Russia starting to suffer the absence of uh, Big Daddy Juba? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he would be more as motivated as anyone right now. Um, Anton Sabalotny has been relatively absent. I'm actually quite a big fan of of him as a you know his work rate is good, but he doesn't he doesn't frighten defenses. And Juba is, as we know, so so dangerous, so powerful up front. Um, defenders back away from him, and I think they're missing his presence. But had they gone a man down with Juba up front, I think we would have suffered similar problems anyway. So uh, I, I think it's accurate. This could be really, um, worth sending off. Okay, I mean, Russia started brightly. They, you know, they, they've uh, a minute and a half gone in the second half, and they are stuck in the Turkish half. They've the keepers, the Turkish keepers, come out and reclaims a, a fairly poor through ball. But um, all, all things aside, I mean, was the first half impressive for you from Russia, or was it more the same from from last week against Moldova? It was better than the Moldova game. The Moldova game was a waste of time in every single aspect. Um, I, I think I'm right in saying that Russia are only the third side to have failed to score uh, against Moldova in the last two years, the other two being Andorra and the Faroe Islands. So that's a depressing statistic in itself. Um, <laughs> but like you say, we did start brightly. And a couple of times, Chichasov is a very reserved manager. He's he's not very adventurous, as we know. But his system that he set out, like I said, the first goal demonstrated it perfectly. He created space, plenty of room for pressure, a bit of rotation, and very difficult to pick up the players when they were playing well like that. But I do think the red card has been fairly important to the the outcome of the game. Um, other than to state the obvious, it means Russia have less cover at the back. So it's it started well. Okay, um, let's. Okay, so we're, we're going to cover that game, of course, live updates um, until the end of the game. So it'll be ending most likely before 10 o'clock. So we're, we're going to follow that the whole way through. And then Andrew, Andrew of course, will be back on with us in the fourth segment. But Andrew, um, okay, looking ahead to this week, uh, Russia lose this game. It, it, that, that's, it's bad for them. But how bad would it be if they lose this week on Wednesday against Serbia? Well, it would be a, a fairly fairly depressing fall from grace after the start of the group that they had. Um, winning against away in Hungary was a good result. Um, and beating Serbia at home, I thought, was the key to this group, actually, because I thought away to Serbia, you could understand if they drop points. But if they do, and it, they started the group so well, six goals scored, two wins out of two. Uh, and since then, if the result stays as it is, two points from the three games afterwards, they'll they will lose top spot in the group if Hungary get a win against Serbia tonight. And Hungary, don't forget, they're full of confidence after qualifying for the Euros um, with Dominic Sobolai's goal um, uh, a couple of days ago. So it would mean Russia wouldn't get promoted to League A, but that might not be the worst thing because that would make their life much more difficult in next uh, edition of the UEFA Nations League. So I don't think it's the end of the world. Okay, um... I know that Ireland, Irish fans are hoping that Russia lose tonight for the simple reason that then for seedings and so, and, and so on, it'll be better for Ireland that if Russia will, you know, if they win tonight, I mean, Ireland then will have a lower seed, lower ranking, lower seeding. Um, do you think that, you know, if they don't win on Wednesday, 
course, the kickoff is at uh, quarter to 11. Might there be some uh, jungle drums calling for the coach's, um, you know, well-shaven head? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think a lot of the goodwill that Chichesov has gained um, will be wearing very, very thin. And it might not be, if they're going to make a change at this as early as possible once a campaign is finished, which it would do, it would make sense, I think. Um, you know, Russia have already qualified for the Euros um, after finishing second to Belgium in the group with a very good uh, Euros qualifying campaign. Um, they might, if they're going to make a change now, make it now, not a few months before or even a few days before the tournament like Spain did at the World Cup um, two years ago. So possibly um, he's, he's running out of time, I think. Okay, if if they you know, just just play devil's advocate for the moment, uh, I know a lot of um, people are not happy already. I've seen a couple of messages on plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. One message is from it's from Andre. Andre actually messaged us last week as well. Andre, I'm sorry I didn't get to read out your messages last week. It was in relation to the quiz uh, because well, you answered the question before <laughs> our guys answered it. Um, Andre said, "Why change now? I mean, he did well in twenty eight. He did well in twenty eighteen. Leave the man alone." Um, um, but if we won't leave him alone, uh, who would come in to uh, steady the ship and to give Russia at least a bit of a chance um, in the Euro 2021 next year? Ah, if they were to um, to replace him, I honestly I could see a bit of a dual job for Leonid Slutsky again. It's a safety first. I know there would be a lot of people who would go for a foreign coach. Um, actually, we've got a penalty for Turkey as we speak right now. Um, but... Um, I think uh, I, I can see both sides of the argument. Chichesov has he has done well in the qualifiers and he's earned the right to take him to the finals. Um, but yes, uh, I think it's uh, ah yes, Cenk Tosun has just scored for Turkey to make okay. it three-one. So that's that's out for tonight. I think um, yes, I think in the short term it would have to be somebody who is familiar with the side. It wouldn't make sense to bring in a complete outsider. So. I think we might see a bit of a dual job. Um, one of the club managers, Slutsky, would make sense as he's done the job before. Uh, that um, penalty from Tosin. Sorry, I was just going to say that that penalty from Tosin was one of those uh, stutter steps, which I absolutely detest. And I know that speaking with Igor Akhaya, yeah. <laughs> keepers hate that because they're like, you know, we can't move off our line, we can't budge, and yet the the you know. The penalty take can do that. Okay, so 3-1 to Turkey. It looks like that's all she wrote for Russia in Istanbul. Um, what about Yuri Soman? Yuri Palich has like, you know, he has a record, he's he's been there, he's done it, and it could be very, very, you know, handy for Russia to, to, to give him sort of a little bit of a, a a fond farewell. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, also, that's a, a reasonable shout, actually, I think, because there wouldn't be any disruption. He automatically commands respect. And I think in a situation like this as well, it's a completely different concept to appointing, obviously, a club manager um, or even an international manager long-term, because if you're looking for the short-term, there's not really much time to implement a new ph- philosophy or or setup. You have to automatically come on respect straight away. So, um, yes, yeah, someone would be an interesting interesting in, uh, option, uh, especially as he knows uh, some of the locomotive players. I worry, though, that it, it might mean he would stick with Guillermo in goal, which is <laughs> a disaster for any side. Yeah, um, I, I, but, yeah not a bad option. Yeah, nothing against Guerrero. He's a great guy, um, but I think just at that level, I, I think he, he's 
he's just lost uh, uh, sort of a half half a yard of diving. Um, okay, Serbia, of course, this week. Uh, it doesn't look good for Russia right now. I mean, it, it looks like they're on a hiding to nothing. It looks like it could be a, 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 at best a draw for them. I think they would probably do well to do, uh, to, to get a point. Um, Serbia, I mean, I expected them to be the team to beat and as things stand, they are rock bottom of Group 3 uh, in the Nations League. Um, but And they, they've got the crushing disappointment having missed out to Andy Max superstars um, in that <laughs> dramatic penalty shootout. So they may think, they may be completely unmotivated, which would be understandable. Um how much do they want to stay in League B of the Nations League? Again, this is another of those, I think, interesting facets of the Nations League. Teams might want to drop down to make it easier to win the third tier, which gives you an, a second route into qualification for a tournament. So Serbia may, if anything, be even less motivated than they were in Moscow. So it may actually be an opportunity for Russia just to... Um, to hang on in there, but um, I think a lot depends on tonight's uh, game against Hungary as well. Okay, uh, let's look ahead um, to next weekend's fixtures in the Russian Premier League. Huge matches coming up. Um, we're going to look at three of them. Spartak Dynamo, that is on Saturday, 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, lots of restrictions now in Moscow, thankfully, finally uh, set down by the Mayor Sobyanin. Um, Spartak will, will, will need to, to get a win in that match to, to kind of resurrect their chances before the winter break. But Dinamo are on a high after Hammer and Loco. Um, are we heading for a draw here, Andrew? <laughs> I mean, it's tempting to say so when you've got uh, a bit of a grudge match, and it's a historical one, this as well, of course. Um, this is the original, oldest Moscow derby. And they, like you say, Dinamo have... Uh, and what a what a win that was against Lokomotiv! Um, absolutely smashed them, and I did not see them dominating quite so well. Uh, Spartak on a two-game winless run. I know it's a bit facetious to call it a run when it's only two games, but in such a condensed league as this is, with only thirty fixtures, we're almost at the halfway stage already. Don't forget, they can't afford to drop points. Um, so. I think I do think Spartak will be on top in this one. I really expect them to win. Um, oh, three-two! Russia pulled one back. Uh, Kuzyev, Dalek Kuzyev, nice one. Okay, so there's a bit of hope for Russia. Hope so. Yes. Okay, came from a, a needless free kick in a dead part of the field, but inside their own half by Okai. He uh, very well taken, quickly taken free kick, played out the wing, uh, again pulled back from the end line. That's just yeah. twice Russia have done that. I mean, I, my God, I've said that for years and years and years. When I was coaching, I got teams to run to the end line, get past your marker, get to the end line, and pull the ball back at a diagonal, and they got it back. It's going to be tough for them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're down to 10 men, but, you know, that, that stadium is not as frightening uh, when it's empty, that is for sure. Okay. Well, um, absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's look at the next game, of course. Loco and Arsenal. Uh, that of course is also on Saturday uh, it's on Saturday at 7 o'clock as well um, Loco have to come back and win that one because they cannot they cannot afford to drop any more points no absolutely and I fully expect them to get three points here um, Arsenal too have been relatively dire this season they've been very lucky to pick up most of their points to be honest they conceded a ton as well and they're missing Yevgeny Lutsenko massively Um 
it, it was always a bit of an unusual season last season for him when he got was it 15 goals and was very nearly top goal scoring the league. He's been missing for most of the campaign and it really shows. But they do have some dangerous players. The the Kangwai brothers have been particularly Kings as well, um, the younger. Um, so it's not an easy given. But I do think locomotive really should be winning this one, and I expect them to pick out three points. Okay, and then of course, finally, uh, well, it's not our last Moscow club, but the next one we'll look at, of course, is on Sunday, two o'clock. Siska are hosting Sochi. Sochi, of course, were early season kind of, well, not runaway favourites, but they were doing better than their parent club up in St. Petersburg. Uh, <laughs> have dropped back a little bit there in fifth place, but if Siska win that one, they'll be, you know, they'll they'll stay top of the table for another week. Yeah, I, I have to be honest, uh, Tiska finally, finally delivering on the early promise after after Goncharenko basically gutted the squad and got rid of the experienced spine, which had to be done, um, and brought in a whole load of, of young players from the youth system and from some relatively lesser-known uh, scouting grounds. And I thought this is a really exciting sight. You know, two years ago when they beat Real Madrid twice in the Champions League, really really thought they would they would kick on they never quite did but this could well be it and they as Sochi have been flattering to deceive they will keep dropping down the table I think they'll pick up the odd win or two but I am not impressed with them overall they concede a lot um, they concede the joint most in the top 11 12 teams in the league so I expect this guy to dominate relatively comfortably here Okay, listen, Andrew, thank you very, very much. He will be back, of course, in the fourth segment with us when we're talking about concussion and head injuries. Folks, we're going to the break right now with Florida and Keisha with Right Round. Yes, I know, you'll all think, what movie was that from? Have a think about it. Plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three messages in, and we might just reward you with a wee prize. Back after this with Andy Mack. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Capital FM. Пять лет. В честь праздника мы запустили акцию Day 5. Day 5. Give me five. Хочешь получить беспроводные наушники, планшет, умные часы или даже крутой смартфон? Нет, уже 12. Все просто. Подпишись на Instagram Capital FM. Лайкни пост с анонсом главного приза недели и отметь под ним пятерых друзей. Поздравляем, ты стал участником розыгрыша. Далее лови подсказки в эфире и получи шанс выиграть один из главных призов. Не получилось? Не расстраивайся. Есть еще куча поощрительных каждый день. Подробности акции на сайте capitalfm.moscow и в наших соцсетях. Не является публичной офертой. Welcome back, folks, after that. And yes, already we have three messages in. Well, three messages came in with the right one. A lot of them came in with the wrong one, of course, was the... Uh, well, in Russian, Malchishnik, okay? So it was the second one, I believe. So it was uh, the Hangover movie. Yes, that's what it was. So, folks, it is still 3-2 in Istanbul. Turkey leading there. They're making a change right now, a substitute. Um, the Leicester... Uh, yeah, Leicester player. No, Cenk does He is staying on the field. They thought he had a little niggle, but he is staying out. Okay, folks, uh, before we go to Andy Mack, he's a bit tied up right now. No questions asked. Um, the UEFA Nations League course this week had some very, very good results. Of course, Germany beat, uh, yesterday they beat Ukraine 3-1. France won 1-0 away against Portugal, Spain. They could only manage a 1-1 draw with 10-man Switzerland. Sweden beating Croatia 2-1. And North Macedonia, formerly known as Macedonia, or the, the well, the, the formerly known as Macedonia, they beat Estonia 2-1. North Macedonia, of course, going to the Euros next year. Scotland, they couldn't keep up their uh, good form from last week when they won on penalties against Serbia to qualify for the Euros. Uh, they went down 1-0 in Slovakia. Um, Okay, other games going on right now of uh, regional local interest. Georgia 1-1 with Armenia. That is also into the 65th minute. Belarusia leading Lithuania 2-1. So a neighborhood derby there going the way of the uh, Lukashenko boys. Um, Netherlands, they are they were 3-0 up just a moment ago, but Bosnia have pulled one back. There you go. It's not really fair for the Netherlands, but I guess they are Holland as well. So they're kind of two countries, and they also are called the Dutch. So they're actually three kind of entities in one, but they're playing Bosnia and Herzegovina, so three. Eight, oh, anyway, uh, Bulgaria, they are 2-0 down at home against Finland. Albania leading 3-1 against Kazakhstan. And Wales and Ireland, nil-nil, <laughs> no surprise there. Right, later on this evening, of course, folks, there are some good games coming up. Ones you might want to throw your eye over to be kicking off just before we go on air. Of course, most interesting for Russian fans is that neighbourhood battle. Uh, I shouldn't really say that, just give, well, yeah, given the history between them, especially go back a thousand years or more. Hungary against Serbia that's kicking off at a quarter to 11. Italy and Poland, the two big Catholic nations facing off. They are, that's also a uh, quarter to 11. Slovenia against Kosovo, former, um, well, they're former entities within Yugoslav. I'm, I'm going too political and too historical on this. Forgive me, I'm an archaeologist, folks. Czech Republic facing off against Israel. Denmark, Iceland. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a that's an interesting one. The Vikings facing off against other, so it's a Viking derby. And then, of course, Belgium and England, Austria, Northern Ireland. Okay, and uh, Moldova, Greece as well. So, if we learned anything about Moldova this past week in Chisinau, in the from the Zimbabwe Stadium, the nil-nil awful, awful draw uh, with Russia is that Moldova can frustrate the best of us. Okay, um, we're trying to get Andy Mack on the line. He is trying to escape from his bonds at the moment. Uh, before we do, of course, there is uh, something we're going to talk a little bit more, just to say, low-key at the moment. Um, it's never easy when, uh, you know, well-known people, especially, you know, in an area that you are very involved in. So, for example, I'm, of course, involved in sports. Um, but a guy who I grew up watching, he was already very famous before I was born. Uh, I'm not that old. Um, Ray Clements, former goalkeeper for the English national team for Scunthorpe United, where he began his career, Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, one of the classic goalkeepers. Um, and what, at the time, he was one of the best in the world. Um, he, of course, won five league titles with Liverpool and an FA Cup, um, three European Cups uh, and uh, two UEFA Cups and a European Super Cup. He went to Spurs then uh, when he kind of was, well, he was moved on because of age and so on and so forth. He went to Spurs, won an FA Cup, won a charity shield, of course, uh, well, it was drawn, and then he won the UEFA Cup with them as well. So, uh, you know, he was 72 years of age. He has been battling prostate cancer for... What the, the the best part of um, fifteen years, I believe it would have been. Um, so again, it's kind of it's a bit of a wake up call for men. Now I don't like to say this, and we and we we do kind of joke about some things, but it's something that a lot of men don't like to speak about. We will bring it up next week on the show. Actually, or sorry, a week after next. Um, last week's about mental health. This week we're going to speak about head injuries and concussions. The week after next, we will be speaking about um, just general health, especially for men, because a lot of time we are a little bit backwards in thinking forwards and a bit um, afraid to ask for help or to um, read up on things and go for a check. Uh, and that is the greatest killer. Uh, it's not ignorance, it's basically fear. And um, once we get over that, you know, we can live a long time. So, uh, right. On that note, um, he has been ungagged and untied, so we are going straight away to Andy Mack. Andy, um, how are you feeling after that massive 1-1 uh, destruction of Serbia midweek? Well, it was almost a typical Scottish catastrophe. Um, yeah, very delighted just to be in a tournament, even if no fans will get to see it uh, live, obviously. It'll be on telly, I hope. <laughs> well, who knows with this pay-per-view thing. Um, listen, we're, we're looking at uh, Russia still 3-2 down, coming up on to 70 minutes. Um, the Nations League this week, okay, uh, so having a look around at some of the games, I mean, we have England coming up. I want to ask you about England coming against Belgium later on because England are a team, they, they, they had a good win against Ireland, but they are second from bottom. But again, they're, they're above Iceland. Iceland have not, haven't you know, won a game um, in that uh, group, in Group B. But um, England are a little way off Belgium, who are in top spot, and even Denmark, who are in second. Yeah, uh, I'm, the, the the teams have been announced as well, and I'm, you you look at it on paper, uh, and I mean, like for like, I, I think probably only Harry Kane might actually get a, a, a game in front of anyone in in that squad. Um, I think it will be a, a, a difficult task for England tonight, and as you said, with them trailing, obviously they're safe from relegation. They won't be getting relegated as Iceland are, are, are down on lowly zero still. 
Um, so they're safe. They've got nothing to lose. It will be a test, and they've got few inexperienced players in there, and the likes of Grealish and Mount, uh, Rice, Chilwell, so uh, Mings as well in defence. So good run out for them, good test for them, um, and I think they've got nothing to lose because I think Belgium will be too good. Uh, Andy, there um, a couple of days ago, of course, there was the announcement of uh, an English player, um, apparently another twenty-one international arrested uh, for crimes that well, I mean, you can you can you can discuss them. Now we, we 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 nobody knows for sure who the person is. It's still being kept, of course. It has to be the case has to be proven in court and so on and so forth. Um, do you think something like that uh, can unsettle the team? And can you just tell us a little bit about that that situation? I think cases like this where um, it, it, it's been alleged that um, a under eight or a, a, a minor woman was, was held captive or kidnapped uh, in some sort of way and was abused. Um, certainly, the, these are problems that I think would unsettle a camp. Um, certainly, if someone so young as well um, that's, that's been alleged to do it, and not not good when you're trying to prepare for games, um, especially club level or international level. But when you're meeting up for short, such a short space of time and the media focus is already on um, alleged criminality, uh, very unsettling for the camp. And I think already having had things such as the, the Harry Maguire incident for, um, for England that Gareth Southgate kind of strangely dealt with by saying that Harry Maguire being a senior member of the squad he was happy to bring him back in when in actual fact you would think perhaps you would punish the the more senior members who should know better um so yeah um slightly worrying um and and hopefully it it's not true but a court will tell yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. It's not the first time we've seen this um, just even within English football. And uh, the age of the, the perpetrator is something that is, you know, worrisome, of course. Um, Andy, OK, let's let's have a look around the European Nations League. What team caught your eye uh, this past week? Um, not so much a team that caught my eye, but uh, Sergio Ramos's penalties for Spain were quite comical. If you if, if you want to chuckle, to you, obviously if you're Spanish, it won't be funny. Um, but um, not quite sure he should be taking any penalty any more penalties this season in their one-one draw with Switzerland. Uh, he hit both penalties in the same direction, and 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 the second one, I'm I'm still not quite sure what he was trying to achieve with it. Uh, that's Spain now, I believe, seven games without a win on the road. So a little bit of a transitional time for them, proving difficult. Um, but they're still only a point off top. The Germany, who won 3-1, um, they've only managed to beat Ukraine in that group, despite being actually top. Their, their two wins came home and away against Ukraine. So strange, transitional perhaps for Germany and Spain at the moment, as they're bringing in new players, youngsters, blooding the next generation. Um the other game that caught my eye was um, Sweden and Kulosevsky, who's been bang in form for Juventus this season. Sweden actually now starting to build um, a quite useful squad going forward and beat Croatia, who have been in quite good form um, since about 2018 on onwards, and also building a, a squad with the likes of Nikola Vlasic for CSKA Moscow, starting to be very instrumental for them. I mean, it's tough in that group because, of course, uh, Croatia are just ahead of Sweden uh, in that. I mean, they're both on three points. So one of them is going to get relegated. Um, 
I mean, okay, let's just look at them this evening, or sorry, uh, this coming week. Um, which of them do you think is going to go down? Because Croatia have Portugal at home, and uh, Sweden are away to France. France, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a really, really horrible situation for both of them. I think if I was going to say one would get relegated, it would probably, probably be Sweden out of out of those two. <laughs> Um, which is very unfortunate. I mean, it's a nightmare group for for, for both both nations. Uh, but perhaps there is a um, a silver lining to going down is that they they may be more uh, better equipped to top the group in the in, in the league below, uh, which could give you automatic qualification to a major tournament. That's exactly what Andrew Flint said. Andrew Flint said, "Listen, this is it. It seems to be so. You know that they're tanking. A couple of weeks ago, we discussed that about teams losing on purpose. It, it looks like it's going around again. Listen, before yeah. we look at credit to the English Premier League, and of course the the other fixtures that I wanted to to pick your brains on um, this. Well, tonight in this well coming week in the European Nations League. Um, just quickly at the Euro 2020, of course, which will be held in 2021." Um, which of those groups do you like? Because, of course, North Macedonia, who you did say were a bit tasty. Scotland, who you did say would beat um, Serbia. Uh, Slovakia, who you thought... Well, yeah, and Slovakia, Slovakia you thought would be good. Um, which of those groups uh, caught your eye? And do Russia have an earthly chance of getting out of the group? Sorry, you broke up there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, so basically, which of the groups, um, the uh, groups, the six groups in the Euro, uh, UEFA 2020 um, caught your eye? And uh, do Russia have an earthly chance of getting out of Group B? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think Russia have a really, really good chance if they can keep 10 men on the pitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think they will be looking at hoping that Belgium still... Um, still have to do everything to qualify when they get round. I think Belgium will top that group. But Finland, Denmark, bit of a derby there. That, you know, Perhaps underdogs, Finland might get something out of that game. Uh, they've been playing quite well in good form as well recently. But I think Russia, on paper, I, I think should finish second there. OK, that is good. Listen, Andy, OK, very, very quickly, uh, the Nations League matches I wanted to pick your brains on, of course, um, that are coming up. We have uh, Spain and Germany. Well, as I mentioned, Spain have been um, in a pretty horrific run of form. But um, at home, they, they are at home, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's on Tuesday evening at quarter to 11 Moscow time. Yeah, I, I, it's it's such a difficult one. Obviously, Spain have gone on a run of about eight or so games um, victorious at home. Germany, as I mentioned, have only beaten Ukraine in that group. So my my inclination would be to side with uh, a, a win for Spain. Okay. All right. But that, yeah. Go on. If Germany, yeah, yeah. If Germany get it right on the night, I, I mean, they 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 have a blistering attack with lots and lots of pace. And uh, aging, an aging back back line for for Spain could be problematic. Okay, uh, one more one before we have a very quick look ahead to the English Premier League. Czech Republic and Slovakia, the Czech Slovak Derby, the Civil War. It's on Wednesday, quarter to eleven. What do you reckon? If uh, Czech, if, if yeah, if, if 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 the Czech Republic turn up, I think they will be too good for Slovakia. Um, I thought. Scotland, who rotated quite heavily today against Slovakia, had chances to get something out of the game. 
Uh, Slovakia will need a win in order to survive pending on the result of Czech Republic Israel a little bit later this evening. Um, but I, I think the Czech Republic, who have a very good record against their neighbours, will 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 probably take the three points there and um, might make sure that Scotland don't get thumped in every single Group A game the next time round. <laughs> All right. Listen, very, very quickly, Andy. Uh, English Premier League back on next weekend, of course. Uh, the big one Saturday is Spur- Spurs and Man City. What do you reckon? Can Spurs, um, you know, kind of be decent this time round? It's uh, 8.30 kickoff on Saturday. I'm going to go with a yes, just because I haven't been that impressed uh, when watching Manchester City so far this season. The last two home games Spurs have won against City, uh, Champions League and the league, uh, 2-0 and 1-0. So I think City going through a little bit of a a crisis, but not really. Um, And I think Spurs, if they get, if, if they make a good start, I think they will be um, they'll be very difficult to beat. So just for the fact that they are big odds, I, I think I'd be siding with the Spurs win this weekend. Okay, and very very quickly, quarter past ten on Sunday evening, Liverpool Leicester City. Will the uh, plastic scousers be celebrating in Moscow this weekend or next weekend, or will they be crying into their warm English beer? <laughs> Well, well, they won't be crying into their warm English beer unless they bought it at home, at least for the second half anyway. Um, I'm the, the, the last two games that Leicester have played at Anfield um, had been a 1-1 draw and a 2-1 Liverpool win. And I think no crowd at Anfield makes a big difference. Um, and they're obviously now struggling with injuries. Andrew Robertson picked up a knock for Scotland against Serbia. Uh, Joe Gomez is obviously out. Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold as well. Um, most of are with COVID-19. I mean, the issues just keep building, building, building and building. Um, and I think, I don't think Leicester will win, but I'll, I'll go for a draw. Okay. Listen, Andy, thank you very much for that. I know you'll be back with us uh, later on in part six for the quiz. Folks, we're going to wait to the break right now. This is one that young Alex B, he uses this when he's running on the treadmill. Another person I know likes to write messages with uh, what's up danger? Yes, that's my other half. She thinks it's very, very funny. This is Blackway and Black Caviar. What's up danger? Coming back with Isol Cody and Alex B after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Didn't know they doubted us. Makes it that more marvelous. Sign them up because ominous vibes and I guess anonymous. What's up danger? Hey, don't be a stranger because I like hot
what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that the sound is a little bit better this time around. So uh, we had a technician come in just to uh, help make me sound better. It's a very, very hard job to do, of course, because, uh, well, I'm trying. <laughs> okay, folks. Um, straight away, of course, I'm going to mention that uh, game in the Nations League. It is still 3-2 to Turkey, about mm, five minutes to go. Uh, Turkey kind of hanging on a little bit against 10-man Russia. Russia doing well, but a lot of aimless balls forward and they're not really making the impact that they should be doing. But then again, they are down to 10 men. Okay, we're going to go on to the phone right now to our legal eagle, Isild Cody, because she's going to start the top of the third with a roundup of the uh, three best, well, three most important, most striking women's stories uh, in the world of sport this week. But before we do, just so you know, on ESPN, you know, one of the world leaders for uh, sport coverage, um, it's a specific sports channel, on their landing page, the main page, the international page, not a single mention of women's sports. On BBC Sport, again, BBC, the doyen of uh, New and their sports coverage is, you know, very, very good for the most part. One story on an RTE, the Irish uh, broadcaster, national broadcaster, five. Okay, so, um, Isolts, uh, tell us, what have you got to brighten our evening this Sunday? And you're very welcome onto the show. Thank you very much. I'd point out the Irish women are clearly more vocal and make sure that we make it to the front pages around here. <laughs> so... I'm going to start, I'm going to give a very brief roundup of last night's boxing. And the reason I'm going to mention it is, as I said last week, we had three women in title bouts to headline it. And there were three wins for what would be considered the home fighters. So Rachel Ball, Terry Harper, who won with a 10th round stoppage after breaking her hand in the fourth. So she broke a bone in her hand and it was quite badly broken broken and Katie Taylor won in what can only be described as a master class of boxing but what was really important about this other than it being a women's headlining event was the fact that the sports um, platform which was broadcasting it here Sky Sports broke from their normal subscription model it wasn't a pay-per-view event and they basically put it online through Facebook so people could watch and I think the effect of something like that for women's sport is huge because you're able to view it. There's no paywall. And I think you can see the effect it has when young women are looking up to this and being able to see their heroes in action. Um, I suppose we have a great example in Ireland. A few weeks ago, a young girl became a 
world title holder, uh, Caitlin Phelan. And again, you can see the effect Katie Taylor has had here. So similarly, we'd like to see that on a global scale when people are getting to watch these events for free. Okay. My second, obviously, boxing I, I think I've covered it in that. The fights themselves, some of them were very little to write home about, but it was a great opportunity to showcase women's sports. Which brings me to our second sports event for the week. Strangely, BBC are actually doing a women in football week. You would not be able to tell. But they've highlighted some of the great women across the board. So from Megan Rapone um, to some of the women who are involved in backroom jobs that we wouldn't necessarily hear of. And it is worth maybe taking a look over the course of the next week. Hopefully BBC will be covering that in greater detail in terms of the WSL, which wasn't on an international break this week. Um, The scores have actually been quite interesting. There have been some high scoring games and lots of draws. So United and City drew in a two-all cracker. It actually was a brilliant game, arguably up there with any men's game I've seen. And Arsenal and Chelsea in one all, and Brighton are finally winning. But again, it's in the women's with a one nil win over West Ham. And this is all going to go to the main story I'd like to cover this evening, which is a huge move for women's sport, and it comes from America. Kim Ng, who is a basically, she has worked with the um, Miami Marlins as a senior vice president for the last nine years in charge of baseball operations, and she has now become the first female general manager in the MLB and indeed in any of the major league sports, this is the first female GM. And what makes this even more impressive, well, what I find makes this even more impressive is this isn't just because of her years of hard work there. She is in a club, an association which is considerably more progressive. The Miami Marlins, when you look into them, their CEO, Derek Jeter, is baseball's first black CEO. He also hired the highest ranking female across the major leagues, a lady called Catherine O'Connor, who is a senior VP for the overall operations within the uh, within the Miami Marlins. So this is a huge move for women in sport because while we see women excelling on the field, in the ring, on the course, on tennis courts, etc., we're not seeing enough of them in positions that can influence sport overall. We see a lot of men in charge of female sports and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we don't see as many women going into team lead roles. We don't see them coaching men's teams. We see them coaching women's teams, but even still we see a lot more men coaching women's teams. And a role like this is huge for women's sport. It's It makes a huge difference to see women in the same way we say we want to see more women as CEOs. We want to see more women in these positions because as they are in these roles, they can advocate for trying to also target, not solely target, but also target the younger female demographic that may not necessarily gravitate to some sports or may not see their opportunities. So you don't have to be a participant to be a huge cog in a sports wheel and Kim Eng has basically become one of the most powerful women in uh, baseball for as long as her time with the Miami Marlins continues. And hopefully she will continue on her nine year run there to have a very successful time as GM. 
Okay, I mean, it, it is. It's it's great. It's it's huge progress because again, she's going into a very very you know testosterone filled sport. A lot of testosterone administered, let's um, uh, <laughs> just say, not quite legally, but anyway. Um, but that's great to see that, and uh, of course, you know, it's it, it is breaking a glass ceiling. Um, we're going to go to Alex B. He's on the line from Toronto. Um, Alex, uh, before you do your NFL roundup, because of course there's all uh, games have kicked off right now. It's all first half in all of the NFL games right now this evening. Um, would you be happy if there was a, a female GM in Toronto with the Raptors? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. on the top, we have seven wins and two losses. Um, do you like the transition? Say it again. We couldn't hear you there, Alex. Uh, you broke up, but uh, if you, you heard, so I asked about um, would you be happy with, uh, for example, in the, the Raptors to have a, a female GM appointed? I, I would. I would very much be happy. Okay. If that were the case. Okay. Uh, Okay, listen, give us a quick rundown, of course. Uh, over in the AFC East. <laughs> okay, hold on just one second, because, um, of course, it is uh, getting to crunch time now in the, uh, the, well, the regular season. Um, give us the top teams and the ones that are tanking on purpose. Sorry, what was the question again? Uh, just because <laughs> the, the line's very bad, like, so we're, we're going to try it one more and then we'll try to call you back. Um, what are the teams that are standing out and what are the teams that are tanking? Uh, well, so far, I don't know who's tanking. I can tell you that the Jets have lost nine games and not won a single one. <laughs> uh, there's been, you know, there's some teams that, you know, I don't want to say that they're tanking, but. Though, and honestly, for their sake, I kind of hope that's what they're doing. And the Giants, they've won two games and lost seven. The Cowboys won two games and lost seven. But so far, yeah, there's a lot of teams that aren't doing too well. I mean, the Seahawks are relatively well off in the NFC with six wins, two losses. The Packers, six wins, two losses. And the Saints with six wins and two losses. But that's pretty much all the standouts in the, in the NFC. Over in the AFC, we have the Chiefs, who are doing a bit better with eight wins and one loss, and the Steelers, who just had eight wins. Um, but yeah, aside from that, again, you know, everybody's kind of doing pretty mediocre right now. Yeah, I mean, I've seen like the, the the Browns are right now. They are five and three. They are three nil up against the Texans. Of course, they are at home. Um, they're three and one at home, and Texans one and three away. Washington, the team that should be named later, they are two and six in the season. They are losing fourteen three in Detroit against the equally awful three and six Lions. Of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars one and seven, one of the worst teams in football. They are losing seven three in Green Bay against the Packers, that which Alex already mentioned. Um, Alex, uh, on on that. Um, um, have you been surprised by how awful the Patriots have been? Now, Peter Peter P will be listening to this, um, and he'll be crying into his uh, popcorn. Um, how humiliated oh, should he feel? Like I know, he's I know. Not, he's not going to like what I have to say. No, he's going to kind of hate it, actually. But uh, yeah, this is. I did expect them to not, you know, be as bad as they are because I, uh, you know, they're just there's a. The team doesn't. I didn't think the team would just revolve around, you know, Tom Brady, as much as it did. 
And um, now they're kind of struggling to find somebody to replace them and just replace all the players that they've lost, even with the players that they do have. And uh, But this is reaching like post-LeBron Cleveland level. Are you serious? Uh, it's that bad. It's like it's yeah. like the dynasty has finished. And well, it's not it's not there yet, but it's heading in that direction. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Listen, Tom, of course, he's down. They're, they're playing today. The uh, Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're playing Carolina Panthers. They're in Carolina. Uh, Panthers three and six in the season. Buccaneers are six and three. Um, and they're doing quite well away from home, three and two away from home. But they're trading fourteen ten uh, with ten to go in the second quarter. How is Tom doing, and how is Gronk? How is Gronk? They're doing all right. They're not, you know, it's not obviously the same level of dominance that they had with the Patriots, but, you know, they're kind of, you know, there's th- there's three there's three losses that they have that, you know, obviously aren't, you know, it's not a very good look because, you know, for a new team with, you know, with these, look with the, after the postseason, but, I mean, yeah, I think it takes time to, you know, like the Lakers last year, you know, they were champions. Now last year they were, they didn't even make the playoffs. So, you know, it takes time for these things to settle. Okay, that's fair enough. Now, listen, one more that you were, you're having a look, of course, the kickoff is at 12.25 or 25 past midnight Moscow time. The Steelers 8-0 in the season playing the Bengals or the Bungles as they're also known 2-5-1 and one. so two, two wins five losses one draw they haven't won away from home this season how, how absolutely pathetic are the Cincinnati Bengals and should they just be you know made play I don't know hockey or so or like you know I don't know like play 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 against like 15 year old boys or something <laughs> and we um. To those 15 year old boys if they were talented <laughs> okay hold on let Alex speak let Alex speak <laughs> okay Alex go ahead um in the words of uh in the words of Drew Brees um the experience is just things not going your way and the Bengals have not had things going their way so with that accumulated experience maybe they can pull this one off Oh. But that being said, my, that being said, if I were a betting man, my money would be on the Steelers. Okay, Eselt, if you're a betting woman, which I don't think you are, um, is your money on the Steelers as well, or will you like uh, offer up prayers and maybe sacrifice Simba or another house dweller of yours uh, for a Bengals win? At this point, I'd sacrifice my mother for a Bengals win, but oh, I, I value Simba too much. He's too important to me. It's. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm dejected. I'm used to it. We're, that's what they've done to us. We don't believe we're tanking because we're used to this level of losing, which is not good. <laughs> Alex, um, what, who or what would you sacrifice for like a, a, a Raptors win? For a Raptors win? Yeah. Uh, a high five. Or a firm handshake. Either or. But what would you sacrifice? Which person would you say, look, uh, it's time oh, to... Oh, has to be a human? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, if I say Zaza Pachulia... Oh, shit. No, okay. <laughs> and that was Alex B. on the <laughs> We'll give your address out, Alex, and they'll be haunting you, I'm telling you. Okay. Finally, um, for both of you, I just want you to, to give me feedback. Um I'm going, to, I'm going to ask Alex first, and then I'm going to end off before we go to the break with uh, Eastall's opinion on this. Alex, we're looking at, we were speaking with some of the female boxers. You're, of course, listening to that, like Ireland's Katie Taylor and so on, who's like undefeated world champion, uh, multiple 
title holder. Um, is is she noteworthy because the quality of opposition is so weak, uh, or is she just the best of the best of the best? Um, well, yeah, the thing in female boxing is that it's actually kind of different from uh, MMA, from, you know, women's MMA, because, you know, it's it's a lot more developed in the UFC, I feel like, not as much in boxing, because boxing is the same problem that's, you know, with, in, with the men, because it's kind of hard to uh, say who's the best, because there's, like, every sort of, an organization has their champion, they have their, like, super champion, like, I don't even know, it's kind of hard to keep track of all these titles. So, you know, really, yeah, I guess they need to just make these, like, big fights amongst, like, you know, the big names there to figure that one out. Okay, uh, Isold, same question to you. Um, are these fighters outstanding because the talent pool is so shallow? I think it depends on the division. So it's an, it depends, answer. Last night we saw a girl fight for a world title and I kind of went, that's not the level. This wasn't Katie's opponent. Um, I think Katie has shown her pedigree across the Olympics and she she doesn't duck out of fights. She'll fight anyone who's out there and I suppose from that she is the best as far as I'm concerned currently and I think her legacy will be the biggest influence other than possibly Jane Couch's in terms of she's going to bring female boxing on because she's a household name and that's important to the sport. She okay. can only fight in front of her. Okay, that, 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 again, that is fair. Listen, guys, thank you very much for that. We'll be back, of course, uh, with Isolt in the uh, fourth. And, of course, I'll be back with us for the Big Fat 50 quiz in the sixth. Folks, we're going out with an oldie, but a really goodie. You're going to enjoy this. You're going to be, like, kind of grooving a little bit in the kitchen. Even Mrs. Flint will be enjoying this as well over in England. This is OMC and How Bizarre back with the foursome or threesome in the fourth. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore. Brother Bellas in the back, sweet singers in the front, cruising down the freeway in the hot, hot sun. Suddenly, red blue lights flash us from behind. Loud voice booming, please step out onto the line. Bella Bridge was a comfort, Sinner just hides her eyes. Policeman taps the shades, is that a Chevy 69? How bizarre. 